0: standard gateway welcome can we give him a standard gateway <laughs> welcome? All, all, right. all right sweet i like that welcome uh something that's really cool if if you've never had the experience of being introduced in front of people it, like you know, the five love languages, I, before I got married, my, my top love language was physical touch. I think that might be all men, you know, they're like, I just have to have physical touch. But then I realized years after being married, I was like, maybe it's not necessarily physical touch. That's just what young men kind of crave. And, uh, I asked uh, Jacob to play because it just is more fun when somebody's playing music behind when you're speaking, like when you're watching the movies, you know? Yeah. And I can like move around in special ways. Um, what was I saying? You'll have to help me. Oh, love languages, And so uh, as I've grown older, I've learned that my actual, my primary love language is words of encouragement. And so whenever you get introduced it's usually some really encouraging things that people are saying about you. They're like, this is the most amazing person I've ever met. And you're like, okay, you know, like, but you get all this stuff and it's like, wow. So a lot of times when I get introduced like that and somebody's saying amazing things, I'm typically teaching in like classroom settings. So I make everybody else get up and introduce the person next to them to the rest of the class. And it just is amazing what encouragement does for our hearts for our minds for our souls for our spirit um so we didn't get to do that but maybe you guys could do it another time just with your worship team i've got to spend a little bit of time uh with the worship team this week and it's it's been amazing you guys have a wonderful group of people I was just noticing that that last song that we sang was uh, written by one of your very own. I was like, ooh, I like those words. I wonder who this is written by. And saw the small print underneath Mr. Clay Maspec there. And I was like, yep. And so um, a lot of what I do when I come in and teach is actually just draw out what's already in there. And help us to remember and focus on the reality of who God is. And we already know that, but sometimes it isn't our true reality. Sometimes it just becomes theory or it just becomes religion. Um, And so just reintroducing some things as our true reality and calling people to awaken to that reality. And so that's kind of what I'm gonna be doing this morning. I may play a song, I might not. We'll just see how things go. Is there a clock around here? Yeah. No, no, I just was wondering, because sometimes it's easy to... Let's see. I want to start out by reading um, Hebrews 12. We've kind of talked a lot about Hebrews 12 this week. It's kind of a go-to chapter in my life, and I've stepped into... Um, or am stepping into leading um, Youth with a Mission Nashville, YWM Nashville. Some of you are probably familiar with the organization. Most of you probably are, because Mennonites are amazing, and they send people to missions like no other group of people that I know of, actually. And so that's a—it's it's amazing to just be here with a Mennonite community, honestly. Um, my wife and her family are all Mennonites, but I grew up a heathen, so like, (laughs) isn't that neat? You know, like, (laughs) and just kind of fun, and like, that I, when I married my wife, I was grafted into that family, and grafted into that inheritance, and just what a godly inheritance that you all have is amazing, because of your ancestors, because of beliefs, because of We were talking about um, Tim and I just a little bit yesterday of just like the amazing inheritance of the Mennonite community. And it really is community as well. And that's something amazing. And even just in this last weekend that I've been here, I've just noticed little things. I walked in this morning and I saw um, two older ladies, one praying for another, just over standing over her, weeping over her and praying over her. And I was like, yes, that's the kingdom. And just so many things. So I'm I'm really, I really am blessed to be here. And the last couple songs we were singing, I was you know I'm teaching on worship, so I'm thinking about worship. And you know, like the next to last song was "You Surround Me Now with the Atmosphere of Heaven," and I was like, ah, you know, like. Just, that's such a beautiful phrase, such a beautiful song, such a beautiful image. And um, a lot of times, well, in my younger years, I was like, like, I'm leading worship and I'm leading people in worship. And you you learn things as you grow, you know, as you get older. But I used to be like, all right, I'm going to... everybody, we're just going to jump out of the box and I'm going to challenge you. We're going to go crazy. I still do that, but hopefully in more gentle ways now. I I used to forcefully say, we're going to get out of the box and we're going to jump up and down and we're going to do something and just like kind of forcibly push people out of their box. But now it's more of an invitation and recognition that people actually love to be challenged, like Tim was saying. Um, I don't know why I was saying that exactly. Exactly. But I did want to read some of Hebrews twelve, and for us to think about this, um, in the sense of worship, something, something Anthony said, um, well, something a lot of people say is, "Man, I really loved that worship." You know, you, as a worship leader, you often get that, like either somebody's criticizing. Your worship, or they're complimenting your worship, and that's that's always interesting. Um, and when people say, "Man, I just love worship," I'm like, "What does that mean? You know, <laughs> that you love worship?" And yeah, I, I think what they're, I hope what they're really saying is that I really love God, <laughs> and I love interacting with Him. And I love what happens when I open up my heart and life to him. I think that's what we're really saying when we love when we say we love worship. Okay, so um This is Hebrews twelve, and um this is the message version version. I can read it in any version, but this one kind of just breaks it down a little bit more. It says, unlike your ancestors, you didn't come to Mount Sinai. All that volcanic blaze and earth shaking rumble to hear God speak. The ear splitting words and soul shaking message terrified them, and they begged him to stop. When they heard the words, If an animal touches the mountain, it's as good as dead, they were afraid to move. Even Moses was terrified. Nope, that's not your experience at all. You've come to Mount Zion. The city where the living God resides. The invisible Jerusalem is populated by throngs of festive angels and Christian citizens. It is the city where God is judged with judgments that make us just. You've come to Jesus who presents us with a new covenant, a fresh charter from God. He is the mediator of this covenant. The murder of Jesus, unlike Abel's, a homicide that cried out for vengeance Jesus' death became a proclamation of grace. So don't turn a deaf ear to these gracious words. If those who ignored earthly warnings didn't get away with it, what will happen to us if we turn our backs on heavenly warnings? His voice that time shook the earth to its foundations. This time, he's told us this quite plainly He'll also rock the heavens. One last shaking from top to bottom, stem to stern. The phrase one last shaking means a thorough house cleaning, getting rid of all the historical and religious junk that so, so that the unshakable essentials stand clear and uncluttered. I think I might read that again, <laughs> that one little phrase. He's going to shake everything that can be shaken. The phrase one last shaking means a thorough house cleaning, getting rid of all the historical and religious junk so so that the unshakable essentials stand clear and uncluttered. Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God. For God is not an indifferent bystander, He's actively cleaning house, torching all that needs to burn. And he won't quit until it's all cleansed. God himself is fire. Do you mind if we just all stand to our feet (laughs) and just think on those words that I just read? (laughs) Because the, the last song that we sang Clay's song. this, This scripture was talking about that originally, you know, the Israelites coming out of Egypt were invited to approach God, to hear His voice, to come up the mountain. But they were like, but you said earlier that, you know, anybody that touches the mountain will surely die, so... You know like we're a little scared even if an animal touches it you know he's gonna and there's you know flashes of lightning and rollings of thunder and like fire on top of the mountain that they're seeing and so they're like ah hey Moses since you're kind of the leader you mind why don't you just go on our behalf you know like you receive what we're supposed to receive and come back and report and like impart to us and in that moment, they really forfeited something, you know? They were given an invitation, permission to experience God in his presence on top of his holy mountain, and they refused. And this, and that that's a warning in there, it says, let us not refuse him who is still speaking today. Let us come to the mountain. <laughs> let us be burned with the fire. And uh, that's what Clay's song was about. It was something about being in our Father's lap. And then, what was the chorus, Clay? Eyes of fire burning brightly. Let's just let's just close our eyes, and if you would, just lift your hand, because He is worthy. Because we desire Him. Because we are surrendering Him. Because we're saying yes to his burning in our lives, to whatever he wants to do, that we're surrendering control. We're surrendering surrendering history and religion. And we're saying we want the real living essentials of who you are right here, right now, God. So let's just lift our eyes to him. I'm gonna lift our hands to him. And just declare it from your heart that I just want you, God, and I want your fire, even though that is scary, even though I know that will hurt, I know it because I want to be purified and I want you and pure you, God. We just declare that we want you, God. He's worthy. Matt was just confessing that in another song. God, you're worthy of all the praise. Do you not see what we've got an unshakable kingdom? And do you not see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God. For God is not an indifferent bystander. He's actively cleaning house, torching all that needs to burn and he won't quit until it's all cleansed. God himself is fire. Fire. Fire of God. For our God is an all-consuming fire. We invite you in. We invite you in. We invite you in. All-consuming fire, God. Christ in hope of glory we put on Christ we are crucified with Christ it is no longer us who live but him who lives in us come live in us God we open up to you amen you can be seated if you want or you can do whatever you want (laughs) um Over and over and over again, uh, a theme, another, I have, like, theme, like, books of the Bible and theme chapters more than I have theme verses. I just love the Word so much that I just, like, can't get enough of it, so it's hard for me to just, like, read a little. I have to just keep on going. So sorry if that becomes annoying and you get, like, I wish you would stop reading and say something, but what God has to say is a lot every time more important than what i have so but psalm 24 has just kept on coming up and that's kind of a theme verse and i was talking to tim last night and he's like yeah it's cool how you keep talking about psalm 24 because that's kind of uh, who we are and i was like oh i didn't even think about that that like this place is gateway." And in Psalm 24, like the thing that I've been suggesting that we do is that we open up you gates. That we open up the ancient doors that the king of glory may come in. And you guys are gateway. (laughs) And that's beautiful. And so I just, I see this place as even being a gateway for this community. Of entertaining God's presence. Being the gateway for God's presence to this community. Sometimes I get carried away and forget the nice things that you're supposed to do, like introducing my family and such. But here's my family. (laughs) That's my beautiful wife, Annie. And my oldest daughter on the right is Zion. And then I'm holding Rebecca. And then Annie is holding Moses. You're supposed to say like, give more feedback, like oohs and ahs and stuff. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we we've been we've been talking about um, rightly responding to reality and the reality of God, who God is, and having a right response to that. We've also been talking about um, just because I've been talking with the worship leaders and with the pastor, like what what it feels like sometimes to be on the stage. And be the ones opening up the gateways and ushering everyone else to come in and sometimes like how like you you sometimes don't get the response from the congregation that you desire you look out and you can see like everybody's faces or you know they're half asleep or just not responding and so I was thinking about it this morning have you ever been in a conversation where um, you're talking to somebody and you know that they're completely unengaged with you in that conversation they, they might even be like another world they might be thinking of something and just how that can make you feel you know what i'm saying the guy in the corner is like oh what <laughs> um and i was just thinking about that and i was like oh what might i be able to to bring that could even possibly cause some change and reaction in that sense. And so I present a challenge to you guys as the congregation, as Gateway, the community, that when your worship team is up here, to um, give them response as if you were respecting them in having a conversation. And when your pastor is speaking to you, to engage with him in his speaking and respond to him as if... It's a one-on-one conversation, although it's a body that you are the body responding to him, to them on stage as they're worshiping. And I just want to give you that invitation to respond. And I think that might change the atmosphere here and just rightly responding to even the people that are up here on the stage and leading you. Some more pictures of my family. You can give responses. Yeah. That was a good one. (laughs) There's us being goofy. There's my beautiful wife. We've been married almost 12 years now. There she is. Doing what she's supposed to be doing in the kitchen. I'm (laughs) sure. There's Zion playing in a little green tunnel. There's a blank screen. There's Zion laughing. There, This is her first day of school in Mexico. We lived in Mexico. And this is her first day of Mexican school. There's us hanging out. Oh, yeah, Alexis Ward. There's her. That's her personality right there. That's Zion. Uh, Alexis Ward, do you guys know her? She, um was a part of my staff for this, well, she did a DTS with us, Discipleship Training School in Nashville. Then she did a school of worship with me as a student in Nashville. And then I was like, Alexis, you carry the beauty and love of Jesus. Will you come help lead this school in Mexico with me? And she did, and she's just amazing, I love her. She has a simplicity of love about her that is remarkable. There they are to, like, a few, like, last month. So that's my dog there. I'm just kidding. That's a fake dog. (laughs) That's an Old Navy. So that's a plastic dog. And there is Rebecca. Look at that smile and Moses. And there's us in Israel. Rebecca's on my back. And this was amazing. We did a... a Bible school in Israel and we had Arab kids we had um, so Arab Muslims we had Jewish kids we had kids from like I think it was 10 different nations and we were leading a Bible school and teaching them the Bible it was amazing and that is the site we're right next to where Jesus was crucified pretty cool <laughs> let's skip over some stuff oh yeah there's that's cool awakening to worship so that's kind of what we're talking about today i was going to read some definitions but we'll skip over those we only have till 12 huh oh i'm sorry i can be awkward all right so we'll start right here um so yesterday morning we i just asked the question to the worship team and everybody was there uh, what is worship and I'd ask them to just give a definition. And so this is the stuff that like, we came up with. I was just kind of writing it on the board. And I told them that I would attempt to put this in a sentence. And so I did. And I'm sure it's like really bad grammar, but I, I got something together. And so we'll see um, what your worship team and your pastor has kind of come up with as to what worship is. Yeah, yeah, it is long and lots of commas. I'm sure there's some superfluous commas for those of you who are in chromatic critiques. Worship is reverently aligning our hearts and lives with His, turning our gaze toward Him in vulnerability and openness, intimately knowing Him. Then in our understanding who we are and our purpose Then, in our understanding who we are and our purpose, we give back to him his reward. Everything, our lives as sacrifice, our time, loving him with everything within us and his children all around us, we are consumed with his worth and can't help but surrender our lives in response. What if this was our thinking when we came in here? to worship times to times specifically set aside for this very purpose if we were thinking on aligning our hearts with his turning our gaze towards him in vulnerability, opening up and intimately knowing him going beyond what we've ever had in a relationship wanting the depths of who he is Then in our understanding of who we are, we're recognizing, okay, this is who I am. We give it back to him as his reward. This is what you paid for, God, was relationship with me because you love me. Everything, we give him everything, our lives as a sacrifice, our time, setting aside that time, loving him with everything within us and his children all around us. We are consumed with his worth and can't help but surrender our lives in response. Consumed with his worth. Lord, may we be consumed with your worth. Okay, so I spent a lot of time studying worship because I, well, somebody decided that it was a good idea to ask me to be the leader for a school of worship and I prayed about it and my life was actually focused on soccer at at one point I was like I want to use soccer as a missions tool because when you go in another country you can roll a soccer ball out in the middle of nowhere and you have a crowd of people and you can love them and share the gospel with them so I was kind of focused with that and it was really cool but at one point um, God was like Michael it's it's time to stop playing games And I was like, you know, like, I I love the Lord's rebukes because they're always like good and hurt all at the same time. You're like, oh, you know, like, and so that's how this moment was. I was like, oh, ah, okay. And it's time to focus on worship. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. Because somebody, people would ask me if I wanted to do the school of worship ever. I wanted to lead the school of worship. And I was like, what does that even mean? I was like, I always identified myself as a worshipper, and so I didn't feel like I needed to study worship because it was who I am, and I think that's still true. But um, I, I was like, okay, the first step in in YWAM, the organization that I'm with, in order to lead a school, you have to do a school, and, and so I was like, you know, that's a pretty good um, standard. You first live it before you teach it, you know? And so I was like, okay, I can hang with that. So um, I went and did a school of worship. And before that, everyone was always asking me, oh, I hear you're going to lead a school of worship. Like, tell me what that's all about. And I was like, "Uh, I'll, I'll let you know when I figure it out, you know? And so here I am. I go to Kona, Hawaii to do a school of worship. I know people... It was really a challenge to raise money to go and study worship in Hawaii and have that done through his support and people 's giving, but yeah, it was far from that though uh, but every week i would I would think to myself oh i 'm gaining an understanding of what worship is, and I would like start to like build my little frame of, okay, this is what worship is." And then the next, because um, the way it's set up in Wyoming is you have a speaker come and speak for an entire week on a topic. So each week, a new speaker would come and they would begin. And it was almost as if what one person said um, was in conflict with what the next person said. And it would just like blow up my little like framed box of what worship was. And I was like, huh. And then the next week and the next week and on and on, the same thing was happening. And at the end of the school, like, I'm graduated from the school and like I'm reporting back to my leaders in Nashville and they're like, all right, you ready to come back and lead the school of worship? And I was like, no, I don't even know what it means yet still. And so, and like a few weeks after I graduated, I was commissioned to go and teach on worship in a high school in Hawaii. And I was like, I said yes before I thought about it. And then after I thought, said yes I began to think about it like what in the world am I even going to tell these people I have no idea and so it was actually the morning of that I was supposed to go and share and I was like I have nothing to say like and then the the Lord was like tell them this and I began just I think it was like this uh, or maybe this I just began to type out what God said and it took a a little while, probably like thirty minutes, but it was just like writing down exactly what he was telling me, and so this is what i what I came up with or what God came up with and was telling me not that one that one's what they okay, so this is another definition of what worship is that worship is a liberating and intentional journey up the mountain to bow down and discover the temple within while entering into the holy place, the holy and secret place of His presence. There, we offer our true sacrifice. Pouring forth our praise, singing, dancing, kneeling, lifting our hands, or whatever response or expression is within, we surrender our hearts and lives on the altar, and they start to burn. They start to burn! A fragrant aroma rises to the nostrils of God, and He is struck to the heart as he finds what he has been searching for. He can't help but in return release the love of his glory. His glory fills our temple. It becomes a reciprocal response of love where nothing else matters. God is alive and I have had an encounter within. He's already completed his side of the covenant. Sacrifice the only son of love, declaring this is how much I love you. Worship is I, our I love you too. His I love you echoes through eternity. But for us, it's a responsibility that we carry through every moment on the road to eternity until every tribe, tongue, and nation join together as one voice, fully given to the one true God. And so I just sat there blown away and I was like, thank you. Now I have something to say to these people. And I have a purpose to go back and lead this school with. And um, Tim asked me when I first got here. It was a little awkward for me. It was just like, who are you? (laughs) I was like, um, you know, uh, how do you answer this question? Um, Who am I? But, you know, there's the, the weird, like... Do you answer it with, like, the super humble, like, I'm just a servant of the Lord, you know, like, here to, I don't know. Or do you really answer it because you know, like we talked about in what your church came up with, its purpose, is you know who your identity is and you're just giving it away. And so I was like... I I didn't answer him very well in that moment, but later on I was like, I feel like maybe now I can kind of just talk about who I really am once I got to know everyone a little better. And and so um, in another session, I just said that God, I don't know what I said, but this is what I'm going to say now, (laughs) that God has awakened me, and he's created a burning inside of me, and that He's created me to awaken others and release burning inside of you as well. And so that's my goal, and that's what I feel like God has purposed me to do. And so that's what I'm hoping that has been imparted this weekend, and what may be coming even more. So, I break down this definition in like probably a five day teaching so i 'm not going to go into that, but I might try to find something real quick actually um, let 's just talk about the first and greatest commandment. everybody knows that one pretty well all right so let 's go over it. love the Lord your God with all of your with all of your with all of your, with all of your, and the second, which is like it, love your, as you love yourself. Okay, so we've all got it down, right? But I wonder how often we escape from the reality of what that is. And it becomes cliche in our minds that we don't really recognize. Because one day I was like, Jesus said this is the most important thing the great first and greatest commandment I should probably pay a little bit of attention to it so I took, I took just the phrase and I just kind of personally jotted down and tried to discover what each word and what each definition was and so I looked at love alright so that's the first word love and I, you know I was like I even went to other people hey can you tell me what love is and like look it up in the dictionary, write it down. Okay, this is what love is. But in its, like, if a word has a gut, (laughs) in its gut, it was that I had to stop with the end of the definition and say, and more that I can't really describe. Try to describe love to somebody and say, and that is the fullness of the definition from what I have discovered, it can't be done. You just have to leave it and so much more than that. And then I look, all right, so I even broke out the word the, love the, love the Lord. All right, so I broke down the word the, and I was like, the can be used for anything and everything. Everything is a the. So I was like, that's pretty broad and expansive. And then I was thinking about the Lord. Let's try to describe the Lord once again, you end up with and so much greater that I can't explain it anymore. Your. Try to describe the depths of who you are to somebody and come to an end. God. Same thing. (laughs) And then every other word after that, I discovered the same thing. Is that this phrase that the Lord has given us as our first and greatest commandment, I can't get to the bottom, the top, the side. I can't reached the end of it. And I was like, Lord, what have you done to me? (laughs) I've been duped, you know, like I've been tricked because the first and greatest commandment is something that I can never fully grasp or get a hold of or contain. That what it does is that the Lord is so wise and so smart that he gave us a commandment that can never fully be accomplished. That it always leaves us reaching for more and saying, there must be more. There must be more. There must be more. I can't do this. I can't attain this. I can't reach far enough. I can't strive hard enough. And we were, Tim and I were talking about coming to like the end of ourselves and needing miracles to happen because we can't do it. And I mean, that's the very, very, very basic basis of Christianity is that we needed help. (laughs) We couldn't do it on our own and that's proven through the entire Old Testament up until the point where Jesus died on the cross and the miracle began. And so we have to come to an end of ourselves saying, I can't possibly do this. I can't possibly love you with all of my heart. I can't possibly love you with all of my mind. I don't even know what a soul is. I can't give you all of my strength. What does that even look like? Have you ever tried to dance before the Lord with all of your might? I've attempted it. It's funny. Like giving the Lord everything, all of our strength. What does that look like? What does it mean? God is so wise. He's he's just given us this first and greatest commandment that just says, keep on coming, keep on coming, keep on coming, keep on coming, keep on going. Go, 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 go. Don't ever stop. There's always more. There's always more. Keep on coming. Keep on coming. Never stop. And that's what he's drawing us into every day, each moment. I just said it in that definition that we carry this responsibility on the way to eternity. He's already completed his side of the covenant, sacrificed the only son of love, but for us. And through that, he's declared, I love you. And he's just asking with his first commandment, will you love me too? Will you give it all? And will you love those around you like you love yourself? Sorry, Lord, we're incapable of even doing that. We're so selfish. We're so selfish, we just need you, Jesus. Why don't we just stand up and attempt? (laughs) Attempt to give him all of your heart right now. Attempt to give him all of your mind right now. Attempt to give him all of your soul right now. Attempt to give him all of your strength right now. Lord, we don't know what it looks like, but we just declare that we love you with our lives,
1: God. We want to love you with everything inside of us, Lord, but we need you to even do that. We love you because you first loved us. You say to
0: us, Greatest commandment is to love you with everything that's in us. And then you say to us, If you love me, obey my commandments. And then your commandment is to love you. And then you say, If we love you, obey my commandments. And then we look at your commandments, and your commandment is to love you. And then we look at what your commandment is love for you if we love you we obey your commandments and it just becomes this cycle in our hearts Lord that never stops and we just declare that we love
1: you God we love you Jesus we'll never stop you're the author you're the finisher you are the miracle and we just want to love you Jesus we just want to love you God we give you our hearts we give you our minds we give you our soul we give you our spirit we give you everything that's in us God want to love you Jesus we just want to love you God we just want to love you Lord forgive us for being selfish forgive us for not giving it all Lord we want to but we don't know what it even looks like help us Holy Spirit come be our helper we need you we love you. Come and change us, God. We need you. We can't do it without you. But you've chosen us. Even though we're not worthy of choosing, you've chosen us and you've called us worthy. And you've deposited things within us, God, that you're constantly drawing out in us. And we want to walk worthy of your calling, God. So won't you do something so much greater than we can do? by coming and living inside of us, coming and thriving within us. God, we just love you and we want to love you all of our days. Show us how, God. Show us how, God.
0: Jacob's just going to lead us in some worship, if that's all right. so easily entangle us. The addictions, Lord, we lay them down right now. The little sins that try to keep coming back and distracting us from loving you, we lay them down right now. Lord, we ask for your miracle to come right here in our lives, Lord, and deliver us. I thank you that you sing songs of deliverance over us. I thank you that you're a mighty warrior who dances over us rejoice over us with singing. We receive your song of deliverance, God, right here, right now. And that those things that would so easily entangle us just fall away as we fix our eyes on you, Jesus. The author. Lord, we hand the pen back to you. Lord, we've been the author for too long. We hand the pen back to you and say, you are the author. You are the finisher are the perfecter of even our faith, even the step even the step we might take out in risk towards following you Lord, you're the perfecter of that, we just put our foot out Lord and you put the right ground underneath us and we come to your mountain and we just say that we won't be like the children of Israel, we will be like Moses and we will come up on your mountain we will climb your mountain into your presence. We will not refuse your voice. We will not refuse him who is speaking from heaven right here, right now. And we receive your, your shaking, God. I know this place, Gateway, has been through shaking, God. But you continue to shake until everything that can be shaken has been shaken. And then be a fire, God. Light a fire in our hearts, God, that will never burn out. Jesus, you are the fire. God, you are the all consuming fire. Come and consume, God, all that we are. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours. We want you. We want you. Come and consume, God, all we are. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours watch God, we give you.
1: Mighty and bad, mighty and bad, mighty and bad. He fights for my heart. He fights for my mind. He fights for my soul. He fights for my strength. Who is this king? Who is this king who left every Fighting, he keeps fighting, he keeps fighting, he keeps fighting all of my enemies, and he takes us on a journey up the mountain to his presence, to the holy of holies, underneath the shadow. Wings in his secret place where he transforms our hearts, our minds, our souls, our spirits, gives us strength with his joy. He leads us beside the still water.
0: Awaken, bride of Christ. Come alive. Awaken, bride of Christ. Awaken, pure, spotless bride. Virgin with your lamp full of oil burning. Awaken, bride of Christ. Awake you, sleeping. Rise from the dead. Rise from the ashes everything the enemies tried to put on us. We rise from the ashes. We come alive. We come awake to who you are, God. And we choose this day to never return to it. God. To never become complacent. To never become complacent. We choose to waste it all right here, right now, for the rest of our lives. You're worth it, Jesus. Worth it. Anything that we could possibly think of, and beyond that, we give it all, Jesus. I just say, let it keep going. let it keep going I'm not talking about right here in this room (laughs) I'm talking about for the rest of our lives can we let this keep going can we keep going after the more as he gives more let's not put a cap on this time let it Perpetuate us into the more that he always has. It's times like these where you don't know what to do at the end. (laughs) Sometimes you don't want it to end even. So I'm saying, don't let it end. Let this happen in your heart. (laughs) It's a heart thing. It's a mind thing as well. It's a soul thing. It's a spirit thing. It's a strength thing. It's a never-ending thing. His kingdom is forever. bless this gateway may the the gates never close may they always be open in many different ways may this place be an open door to heaven may these people be an open door to heaven to you Jesus because you live inside of them I bless you right now in the name of Jesus with endurance with perseverance with no compromise with a hatred for sin and complacency burning with fire and I thank you God that fire (laughs) kindles more fire and it just keeps on growing and so all consuming fire God who you are This day to let you keep burning. So I bless you in the name of Jesus as burning ones, as gates wide open. Go with your gates open, go with your fire burning change the world.